0: I'm just thankful for the Lord. I appreciate the, the, uh, the emphasis there, Brother Reed. Um, his power to save. It will never lose its power. For the blood of Jesus Christ, His precious, darling Lamb of God, will never lose its power. And, uh, boy, I almost like to just sing another, the blood will never lose its power. And it doesn't matter who's in the White House. Jesus is still on the throne, and his power to save is, um, the Bible said, he's able to save to the uttermost, so that's the depths in which he can save a man, right? The, the, it's, it expands to who it's available to, is to all those that believe on him, right? He's able to save the uttermost all, so there's, there's who all, that's, that's who all can get it. Uh, but the depths of it is saved to the uttermost. That, that, uh, that means that God didn't leave you partially saved, right? You're completely 100% washed in the blood of Jesus, and you are as good as a, in heaven as a child of God. And uh, I don't know what could make you any happier to think about, uh than thinking about your heavenly home, your heavenly father, your heavenly position, and uh that will never, ever, ever change. Isn't that wonderful? Doesn't matter what happens, circumstance, nothing matters, uh, as far as this life's concerned. Uh nothing's going to change the fact that the blood of Jesus Christ his Son has cleanseth, cleanseth, continual cleansing power. And he's able to cleanse all of us. Isn't that wonderful to think about today? We need to think about that. A little bit uh, uh, more than we do. We uh, there's a lot of negative to think about, but uh, we're just trying to keep our minds on the good things and the pure things. And uh, for the child of God, nothing's going to change. In fact, maybe more opportunity on the horizon. Maybe more opportunity on our horizons. Well. Thank the Lord for being saved. Thank you for being here this morning. We'll turn in our Bibles to Second Peter and chapter number one and continue on in Second Peter. I was going, I was trying to talk the Lord into letting me preach on the second coming of Jesus. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, All right? And so... Um, I really wanted to do that, but just the Lord won't let me do it, okay? So I tried because I don't know anything else right now that has me any more excited than on the horizon. The next thing that's going to happen is we are going to hear a shout in the heavens. If you've got your spirit tuned to the right channel, right, you will hear the trump of God and the dead in Christ will rise. I don't don't know how you fit that anywhere else. Um, but uh, exactly where we are today uh, We are at the place where we are awaiting the coming of our precious lord and savior And he is going to step out on the clouds and he shall give the voice of god Actually, it was already heard you and I will hear it. I think we'll hear it. I don't think it's metaphorical uh, metaphor I don't think it's um, uh, a picture of anything else I believe you'll literally hear a shout and the dead in we won't prevent them which are sleep. right? They'll rise first, and then we that are alive and remain will be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord." Isn't that wonderful? He's echoing Jesus' statement there. Jesus said it himself, um, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Where I am, there you may be also. And uh, so, anyhow, that's not a strange doctrine. I wish we could. I wish we could take the time to preach that today. But I hope you have that blessed hope in your soul this morning that Jesus is coming. He's coming. And we better prepare ourselves, get our houses in order and get ready because Jesus is coming. Isn't it exciting? I hope you're excited about it. Preacher, I'm not too excited about that. Uh, Well, you better have a little spiritual checkup because you're going to have a lot to be discouraged about here coming pretty soon. Uh, But you know what? Hey, before they even announce that thing, Jesus might get me and you out of here. We may never know who the 46th president of the United States is. I may never know. I may be in heaven with Jesus. I may be I may be walking on streets of gold before the before the sun sets tonight. I I may never know. And some parts of me, I hate it for my children and grandchildren, uh, 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 children, and my uh, ones that will go on the seed seed that we'll see here in just a minute. I hate it for families and, and the times coming after us of what this country may come to. But I've got a hope in myself, and that hope is Jesus is coming to get me. He's coming to rescue me. He's just around the corner. I just can't, I couldn't wait as a little child when my parents were gone for some time that I had to stay. They, they did it rarely, but sometimes they would go do something together when they could uh, uh, do that. And uh, uh, they'd stay, we'd stay with our grandparents or something, Brother Reed. And I just could not wait until it was time for Mom and Dad to come home. Right? I mean, I just couldn't wait. I could have done without Daddy. <laughs> okay, I, I, was, I, was, I was thrilled to see my Mama come, buddy. When she pulled around and I seen that car coming down that driveway, I let her out of that house to meet. I'm telling you, Jesus is on the horizon. He's coming coming at any moment the Lord could come and I hope you have that hope in yourself today that Jesus is coming get things in order, get your life in order, get to, back to doing what God told you to do, start growing adding to your faith, and doing all those things because Jesus could come at any minute you and I could be called out of here we'd be gone, that's what I believe with all of my heart, and you say well I don't believe that, well I'm sorry you can be wrong if you want to everybody has a right to be wrong but uh, I, I believe the Bible teaches the, the rapture of the church I believe God is calling out his bride and he is going to call us to meet the Lord in the air and we will forever be with the Lord and I can't wait I hope it's today I cannot wait for Jesus to come right I'm excited about it I'm not I'm not gonna let this crowd get me down uh, uh, there's coming a time I'm telling you this much uh, the, the Bible said there's coming a time where he that is filthy let him be filthy still right There comes a time that, you know, you just, there's going to come a time when God is going to turn people over to their own field and they'll remain filthy for all eternity. And God's just going to give up on them. He's going to give them over and they're going to receive the recompense and the just reward that they have heaped unto themselves until the day of wrath. And just so be, and it'll just have to be because I say, even so come Lord Jesus. (laughs) That's what I say. Come on, Lord. We're hastening for the coming. I want the Lord to come. I hope you young people believe that. It's not a fairy tale. Jesus is coming. And you better be ready for that. He's coming. And we're, Peter's talked about that in the first chapter even. And he goes on into the second chapter. And that's when he said well, we have made our way down a little bit. Uh, approaching uh, on end of chapter number two. But he said, I made known unto you the coming, the power and the coming of the Lord. And so, in the first uh, letter that he wrote, he talked about the coming of the Lord Jesus. And uh, so, uh, he's trying to encourage us struggling pilgrims to keep our eye on the fact that Jesus is coming, okay? Keep your eye on that. You're the one that you love, the one that died for you, bled for you, gave his life for you, was crucified so that you could live. He's coming to get you. He's not going to leave you comfortless, right? And say, so well, I believe the second coming was when he sent the Holy Spirit. Well, that's not so, because he's, uh, 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 and, and when he sent the divine comforter, he said, I go away, and I pray my Father will send you another one just like me. So in a sense, that is a coming of the Lord. He came in the person of the Spirit, and he came to be in you and to be with you, uh, and so he comes to be with us. In that time, in, in when you look in Acts, right, when he came down and he uh, uh, and is his, where he is now. But in this point that I'm talking about in the coming of Jesus is when we go to be with him, right? At that time, he came to be with us. But there's coming a day when we're going to be with him, right? There's, those are two separate things. You can't make the rapture of the church, the second coming of Jesus, fit that part. You just can't make it fit that, can you? There's just so many places it falls apart. You can't make it at death. You can't make it. There's so many places you try to fit that. There's only one place it fits, and that's at any moment, at any time, at any hour that a man thinketh not. So comes the Lord. Even the Father, only the Father knows. Even the Son knoweth not, and Jesus is coming. Keep that on your mind. Say, preacher, you keep saying that, but I don't see him. Well, I'd be careful because that's what the world says, right? The scoffers say, well, they've always said Jesus is coming. Where is he? Well, he's still coming, whether they've seen it or you believe it or not, right? Jesus is coming. Try to encourage yourself in that. And say, well, you know, socialism's coming. Well, it might. But Jesus is coming, right? And then we'll be ruled by a real king. Won't that be wonderful? A scepter of righteousness. Oh, made after Well, we better not. He's going to take the throne of his father, David. I can't wait. I'm so excited. There's a lot I don't know, but this much I do know. Jesus promised he was coming to get me when he left. He didn't come to be with me. He's coming to take me where he is. Now, I don't know how you want to fit that into your theology, and I don't really care. There's the fact Jesus said, I'm coming to get you, and I'm going to take you to where I am, that where I am, there you may be also. Going to receive you unto myself. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? That sounds so good. I'd like to go. Wouldn't you be wonderful? Just Jesus to come. This world doesn't believe it, but you and I believe it. I believe it. He's coming in a twink of an eye, faster than you can blink. That's a, a, amazing. I don't know how fast that is. Do you know how fast that is? I don't, I don't know if you could even measure a twink. I, I don't know. Has anybody ever studied that? I don't know that you could measure that. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing to me. I don't know how fast. And he's here. I don't, is it as quick as a sound? No, it's quicker than a sound. It's faster than the speed of sound. Which is what? How many thousand miles? Is the earth rotating at a thousand miles an hour on its axis? And, uh, which is a little under the speed of sound? It's faster than the speed of sound. Jesus will be here. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> that just excites me. I could just give a big holy hallelujah, Brother Reed. My Savior's coming to get me out of here. They can have it. They they want the earth, and they want power, and they want control. They'll cheat and lie and steal and kill to try to get it, and I'll say they can have it. I'm going to a land that's fairer than day. I'm going to a place where Jesus is, wherein dwelleth true righteousness and holiness, and that's my home, and I won't be satisfied till I get there, whether Trump's the president or anybody else. Right? I feel like loading up and going today. You know what? The only thing gives me pause before I get into Second Peter, the only thing gives me pause is there may be somebody in here right now that's not saved. And if God give us a choice, brother Lance, we say, load up, let's get on the bus. We're heading out of here. Jesus is coming to get us. We've if we had, you know, power of that, I wonder how many we'd leave behind damned. Only the Lord knows. And say, were well, you trying to scare me? I am absolutely trying to scare you. If Jesus comes and there is nothing to stop him from coming before I finish my sentence, you will believe a lie and be damned, since strong delusions. Right? Boy, I hope you take this matter of Jesus coming seriously. Even if you're unsaved, you better take it seriously. Uh, this isn't, uh, this isn't uh, sitting there wondering if somebody's coming down a chimney and eat your cookies and leave you a gift. This is the holy God of heaven is going to call out a group of people that have been washed in his blood. And those that have not been found written with a name in the Lamb's book of life will forever be in hell for all of eternity. And their all hope of you ever being saved will be gone. Now I'll get to my text, but this is serious business. I'm excited on one hand. I want to go and be with the Lord. I want the Lord to come. But on the other hand, I sit in wonder. I sit in doubt. I sit in fear. I sit in worry and anxious and fretting and and all of that. By the way, sin, uh, but worried about people that I love, whether they really know God, whether they really know God. What, what are you hinging yourself on? There's a man I like to listen to. I don't recommend that you listen to him. As young people, older people, you probably could. But does anybody know who Jordan Peterson is? Well, uh, anyway, he's, a, he's a, a very brilliant man in some respects and um, very smart when it comes to a lot of things if you listen to that kind of stuff. But you can listen to him if you want to when you get home. But uh, even in himself, he's so confused. Somebody asked him the question. Um, he's not an atheist, I, I would say probably agnostic or very confused. But somebody asked him, to have such a brilliant mind, somebody asked him, do you believe there's a God? And he said, I'm confounded by that question. How do I know what I think? And he went into depths of how do I know, and I, I'll spare you the boring uh, talk uh, on that, uh, but, but he came to this conclusion. He said, uh, um, how do I know if I really believe something? This man don't even know a Bible. He said, because you would think if I believed it, I would do it. And I'm sitting there thinking, amen, amen. You're right. You're right there. <laughs> faith without works is dead being alone. You say you have faith and you have no works. Right? With, your, with, your, with, their, with their mouth, they profess to know me. But in works, they deny me. Right? We come abominable. Their, their mouth says one thing, and their life says something totally different. Something's, something's wrong. There's, there's something missing in the middle, right? There's, there's, this, is, this is vitally important because he's going to go on. We're in Second Peter chapter number 1. But the reason that he wants them to have the assurance of their salvation and to know their salvation, know their foundation, before he gets to the second, end of the chapter talking about knowing the Scriptures... We have to know we have our salvation. We have to be based and founded upon the beginning of knowledge, being the fear of the Lord. We have to know that we know Him. And how do you know that you know Him? That's a good question to ask yourself. Do I really believe Jesus? Do I really believe God's Son? Do I really have faith in Him? That's a good question to ask yourself. And this man was confounded because he said, Because I know at least this much that if I believed it, I would live differently. That's coming from a lost man. Right? It's amazing what the world, the light that God will give people, and that's right there in front of their face, and they still reject the light. I mean, the answer was right there, Jeremy. I mean, the answer was right there to the man. That word is, what is this? what does the New Testament say? The word that we preach, which is nigh unto your mouth. It's called faith. See, faith is not exactly merely belief and, and, and mental agreement to a set of facts, right? It was right there for him, and he missed it all the Bible reading, and all the, he said, he sat and listened to these lectures, and, and you talk about a man that's smart, anybody that knows who I'm talking about knows he's a very, as far as the world's concerned, a very wise person, uh, but God has come to this conclusion, he's a fool, he's a fool, and that's sad, that's sad, and so Paul, uh, as uh, uh, Peter's exhorting us here in Second Peter, he doesn't want us to be fools, does he, he wants us knowing, and that first chapter's dominated by that word, knowing, 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 And goes on to talk about knowing and how do you know anything apart from the scriptures, right? Something outside of yourself, something greater than yourself, something beyond your rationalizing and your reasoning and your logic lies a truth, eternally true. And so uh, we got to that part in chapter number one in verse number 18 when he talks about the voice. And then he's going to exhort them to something that's much greater than visions and voices, right? He's going to talk about the verbal inspiration of the Bible. He's going to talk about God sending his word, and so you have something much more solid, something much more sure to stand upon. So, Brother Clinch, you've talked about being so sure Jesus is coming. How are you so sure? I'm not so sure because I came up with that on my own, right? I, 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 no, and in fact, Paul didn't come up with that, Right? Paul said, at first, no man showed me anything. I was in the desert with the Lord. I received it directly from the Lord. So uh, this is not uh, something that originated with man. God's word, uh, God's always previous. God always moves first. In the beginning, God, when there was nothing, right? When everything that's materialistic is insufficient to explain its own existence, it always, it always goes back to somewhere, somebody, somewhere that's immaterial, that, sustain, that explains its life on nothing else but itself. And that's God, right? God just is. And so um, God is uh, uh, this great, unmoved, uh, God is everything. God is everywhere. God is uh, all that we know him to be. And so he, uh, he doesn't want us to be ignorant, and he exhorts us in abandoning and adding in our fruit. And he gets on down, and he talks about the authenticity and not fables. Uh, we don't, uh, we've not followed, cunningly devised fables, member. And then he gets down to the next uh, last part, and we'll move on to the second chapter. But he said, uh, and this voice that came from heaven, we were uh, with him in the holy mount. And verse 19, we have also a more sure word of prophecy. And so we'll begin to look at... Um, if I can find all of my alliterated notes here, just to help uh, keep our minds right. Uh, authenticity, not fables. And then we move from, uh, to verse number 19, and the authority is flawless. And so he talks a little bit about the scripture. We also have a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto you do well that you take heed as a light that shineth in a dark place. Until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Isn't that wonderful thinking? Now there's two ways to think about this. And we start looking at all that's around us and the darkness is just upon us in some ways, uh, but we've been in darkness for a long time. The world is darkness, right? And now are ye light in the Lord. And so you could use that example, but it's going to get darker in America. If you want to just talk about our country, if it goes the way that we think that it goes, it's going to get darker, Right? Um, you know you're going to be taxed you men that are working hard uh, you're going to be taxed at least half of probably what you're bringing home uh, so they're going to take from you and give to people that are too sorry to work Uh, that God said just let them go ahead and die because they're too lazy to work and I don't think a a working man is worth anything be honest with you I have to agree with God Uh, I'm not talking about not having the ability but I'm talking about people that are just lazy right somebody amen you working man amen that I'm tired of these leeches living off. Okay, we can't go down that road. We're not making this political. I'm trying to stay the course here and keep our mind off of that. Uh, But so the the darkness seems to loom. The darkness seems to be upon our country. Uh, Even in times when we had somebody that we generally agreed with uh, politically, uh, it still seemed to be dark because of the, the fools that were in the streets rioting and killing and murdering and looting and shooting. And, you know, they didn't, they didn't have a job. So what else do lazy, sorry people do, right? And so they show their ignorance and live. So we couldn't even hardly enjoy the last four years because of that uh, crowd. And so it's dark. It's been pretty dark, right? It's been dark days. And uh, ever since Jesus left, it's been, uh, uh, it's been dark in a sense as far as the world's concerned. And so the days seem dark to us now. But can I encourage you a little bit, friend? Uh, the Bible says until the uh, day star arrives, right? Until a, there's a new day dawning. He's referring to the coming of the Lord Jesus here. And so, yes, it seems dark. But uh, you've got a more sure word of prophecy. And in short, let me just sum it up by saying this. Stay in your Bible. Stay in the Word of God. If there's ever been a time where you needed to cling to the Word of God and to study and to ponder and to wonder and to meditate and to all the things, I mean you ought to you ought to give yourself holy. That's what that word he means. It means to give oneself to. Give yourself to the Word of God. That will help you in these last days. There's nothing else that's going to help you. Uh, everywhere you turn, it's just going to be so. Just let's do. Let's just bind together and let's just, uh, uh, in a private manner, not just publicly, but in a private manner on our own individual level. Uh, see, too many people are trying to change the world. Uh, let's let's get our own house in order, right? Just on an individual level, right? Well, I'd like to. I'd like to fix that preacher. The way he goes on with this on there, well, why don't you just fix you? Get you straight first. Isn't that what Jesus teaches? I got no problem with you pulling the beam, uh, the, uh, the splinter out of my eye, get the beam out of your eye. Don't, just start with the simple things that you can change, right? Well, there's, there's all these things in my life. Look, just get focused back on the scripture and give yourself, not just in its reading, not just in its study, but in purpose, ap, purposeful application to the word of God in your life. Young people, lay a hold of that now. Lay a hold of reading the Word of God, but with the intentions of, being, of, of it being applicable, of, of the, the intentions of applying it to your life, to take heed, give yourself, not just a reading of it, but give yourself to obey its commands, right? That's, that's where you're going to find true liberty and freedom and joy in a troubled world. That's where you're going to find light in the darkness. I tried to find a story, and I couldn't find a good one, Brother Reed, but you remember those uh, miners in Chile? They were trapped in that mine, and I was trying to think and trying to find a story that would fit this idea of a light in a dark place, and I searched everywhere. I exhausted Google, and uh, that's about the extent of my knowledge. It's Google and the Bible, and YouTube. If I don't know how to do something, I watch somebody else do it. But you too, anyway. Now, so I tried, I tried, I really did. And so I don't have anything for you. But can I just give you a picture of what was in my little, my little brain? If you think, if you've ever been in real darkness, I'm not talking about when it's dark outside, I'm talking about the complete absence of light. That is a very. And what they were worried about with those miners, what it does to your body, not to even know the day and the night differences and what that does to you psychologically. Uh, They had to mimic that and they would send light for a certain period of time to mimic the day and then turn it off to mimic the night because psychologically over a a large period of time, what that does to you being in the dark for long periods of time. So anyway, none of that story really fits. But here's what I thought, and this is not what happened. Here's what I was hoping happened, but it just, it didn't, the story didn't come out that way because they were able to get fiber optic cables to them and and mimic light and things like that. But here's what I thought in that kind of total darkness. I'm talking about it's so dark you can't even see your hand in front of your face. Real darkness. And uh, and, and I thought about us having the light of the word of God. And so God's giving you a light is in a dark place. I wouldn't turn the lights out in here because I don't trust some of you. Just kidding. I wouldn't trust me. I'd probably come over here and slap one of you. But I thought about this, Brother if, Just imagine if it was completely pitch dark in here, which we know is the absence of light, right? So it's pitch dark in your surrounding. And this is in the world. The world is completely dark. There's no light in the world. There's, no, there's nothing for the Christian here, right? So it's dark. That's what he's, he's talking about. The days in which we live in are dark days. And so he says uh, he gives you the light of his word, right? So we got the word of God, and this is a lamp. And a light to our feet to light the way. So if you're trying to find your way around and you don't want to stumble and reel to and fro like a drunk man. We went to that Wonderworks. Who was it telling me they got so sick they about threw up? That thing was spinning. Has anybody ever been there? They've got around you everything spinning. but re- Nothing's moving. But your mind has played tricks on your mind. And I was walking like this. It's crazy. I, I made two trips in one that day. I'll never be back. So. But anyway, I thought about this and I thought, the light of the word of God, and it's completely dark. And you're trying to make your way around. And can can you imagine the feeling? If you can imagine with me the feeling of, of what would happen if now all you have is the light of this word. You're not lighting up the whole room. It's still dark. But you can see their path in front of you, right? So what God said is, "Order your steps; He gives you light and a lamp into your path." And so you can see. God gives the Christian the ability to see through the light of the Word of God. But it doesn't light the world; it's still dark all around you, right? Have you ever been in the woods and you got a little flashlight and you're going down through there? You can see what's in front of you, but if you're lost, you don't even know where you're going. But it's comfortable to know that at least you can see not to trip over things. I don't know. It's just something comfortable about it. That's the Word of God to us. It's guiding us. It's leading us. It's keeping us from tripping up and all those wonderful things that it does. But here's the word picture. Um, when faith it's, it's actually when faith becomes sight. And so I thought about navigating through a mind like that, Brother Reed, and it's completely pitch dark. You don't know anything about it, really, and, and you've got the light of the Word. It's, it's, it's leading you around. But can you imagine if you got towards the back back there, and then all of a sudden, you see something you see a little bit of something and as you get closer you get closer and there's the light can you imagine how that would feel you found your way out how that would how that would think of what because see it says until until that arises in your heart now jesus is not coming in his second coming he's not coming in your heart right He's coming. Literally, he's going to step out on the clouds. He's calling us out. We're going to the judgment seat. Seven years of, of, of literal hell poured upon earth without the mixture of the mercy of God. And then God comes through, rescues Israel, all saved in the day. He grabs them back in, and they believe on him and who they've pierced. And it's a wonderful day. And we're with him, by the way. And then, 100%, I believe this, will be a thousand years where he'll rule and reign upon the earth. Now... So, read the verse with me. For the, uh, no, uh, see, we have also a more sure word of prophecy where until you do well that you take heed, give yourself to it, obey it, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Now, I believe there's two ways you can look at this. I believe, uh, I believe in a, in a way, I'm not gonna argue with you, either way you wanna take it. But I think both could be true. It could be saying both things. Now think with me. Here's what it's saying to do. You're being persecuted. You're suffering. Everything's falling apart around you. It seems like, and the world's going through what it's going through. He's exhorting you to grow. So you're, you're, you've got your head in the light of the Word of God, and and you're trying to add faith and virtue. Be faithful, not forsaking the assembly yourselves together, men or some is, and you're perfecting holiness in the fear of God, doing all that you can do, just with your nose to the grindstone, just reading the Word of God, keeping keeping that light before your face, and and uh, uh, then it says, uh, keep doing that as the light shineth in the dark until the day dawn. Now I believe that's what's talking about When Jesus comes So it won't be dark days anymore It'll be a new day, a new glorious day Where Jesus is here And we're with Jesus and it's no longer dark anymore now, I believe that's too, I believe it's truthful. It's not talking about just the second coming, and it's not, it's also not talking about just something in your heart. I believe it's both. I believe it's so keep your head down, keep on keeping on, uh, and then one day you're gonna look up, and all of a sudden you're gonna hear a trumpet, and you're gonna be called out of here. Now, that's what I think, but then there's a the second part. It says, until that, that day star arises in your heart. Can I say something to you if you're struggling here this morning and you're, You're down, you're negative, you're struggling with sin, you're struggling with belief, you're struggling with faith. I don't care what it is that you're going through. Stay in the Word of God until you get the victory. Don't quit. People, people say, well, I just read it and God's just not saying to me. God's just not speaking to me like he once did. And I just can't seem to get that, uh, that victory when he would uh, give me a verse. And, and, man, I've been in such deep sorrow and, and, and troubles before in my soul. And I'm just begging God, I know you can give me one verse from your Bible and all my darkness will flee if you want to. And it was like Brother Reed, he just left me there. To keep on, just just keep on. And I'll tell you one thing, I wasn't going to quit. God, I'm just going to keep on like this. I'll stay miserable and just die miserable trying to get back to where I need to be. I'm not going to quit. And then I just stayed in there and stayed in there and stayed in there and kept my nose in the Word of God. I didn't get things from it sometimes like I thought I would, but it was helping me a whole lot more than I thought it was. All of a sudden, that day, Jesus just rose up in my heart. Is somebody? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You'll be reading the Word of God, and you'll be reading something like the mill in, in the middle of the wheel. Uh, you'll be talking about uh, 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 the lily of the valleys, the rose of Sharon. You'll be you're reading something from the Word, and you'll see Jesus in it. <laughs> that's, what, that's what happens. See, um, it may not be that God fixes the situation or changes um, the surroundings or... Uh, I don't know anything else. It's just a, just a continual day by day denial of yourself, staying in the Word of God until you get that victory, until you get what you're seeking. Don't quit on God. God will give you what you're looking for if you're seeking Him. That's what He promised. If you seek Me with your whole heart, don't quit seeking Him. Hurt and struggle, home, huh? poor old brother Reed's foot. I believe if God let him, he'd just go home and cut it off. If he didn't think, then his thigh would start hurting. And it may never change. It may never change. But you know what he's got to do? Just keep his nose in this book. And before he knows it, he'll have a new body. Before he'll know it, he'll just wake up. Before, before you know it, Brother Reed. I mean, but hey, and that's the good thing about Jesus coming. But here's something even better. Even, even even down here. We don't have to wait till we get over there, right? Even down here. If you'll just stay in the Word of God, you'll keep studying the Word of God. There's something. It's like a, it's, it's like a life that will spring up inside of you, the Word of God does. Does that do that to you? There's times I read it and it don't. I'm going to admit it. I'm hateful. I'm mad. And I have zero intentions of letting God help me. I just want, I'd like somebody to feel sorry for me, please. I'm kidding. Sometimes. But man, if you'll stay in that word, and you'll keep studying the word of God, there's nothing else to trust. Where else are we going to go? Isn't that what he said? Uh, Brother James, isn't that that what what he said? Peter, where are we going to go, Lord? Well... uh, Camilla, whatever her name is, she's a wicked, that's the wickedest woman. I'm sorry. I know I'm a preacher. I I don't care. That's the wickedest woman I think I've ever heard speak. And that crooked, no-down, good-for-nothing, I can't use, I don't want to use the word I would like to use because it'd be taken out of context. That man's sick. He's a sicko. Uh, Our country, we we, we reside in a country where 50% of the people you live with are okay with that man. That's what's scary to me. He's a sicko. I've seen the videos of him. You think I'd let him take family pictures with my family? You're crazy. He's a sicko. Boy, we can get discouraged. We can get down. We can get all this stuff going on around us. We're having to deal with all that. And and they're gonna, they, they might stack the Supreme Court. They may overturn every religious freedom. I don't know what all they're, they can do, what all they're capable of doing. I don't know how it's going to go or how it's going to turn out. But I tell you what, if you and I will just keep our nose in this book, and we'll just keep our eye on the prize and keep looking unto Jesus and keep adding to our faith, this, there's something in the midst of all of that trouble, us that have fled for refuge... Uh, fled unto Jesus for refuge, we'll not be ashamed, and Jesus will just keep springing up in our hearts. That's what encourages me more than anything. I don't, I don't have to, I mean, man, you can be as low and as down, and I've been thinking a lot about going home here lately. When I started thinking about that abundant entrance he just talked about, who wouldn't want to go? But uh, that's God's business. I don't have no control over that, and uh, what's encouraged me is to just be thinking, yeah, Okay, all that future is wonderful, but I can experience it here. We don't have to continue uh, to, to hope for the future in that sense. Hey, we might go home today, and you might just against everything in your being. I don't know about you, Miss Ruby. I have had times I had to force myself to open this book. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you're either lying, or you've never opened it to begin with on your own. The devil will fight you from praying and reading your Bible. He wants to keep you from this light. And I've had to literally force myself against everything else I wanted to do. I had to force myself to open this book and just try to read something. He's our only hope and stay. He's who we're... Kids, the only hope that you have in this world is Jesus Christ. That's the only hope you have. And if you don't, if you're not founded firm upon this solid foundation, and you don't stay in this book, you're liable, you're capable of doing anything. So I'd never not want to read my Bible. Well, it'll happen to you. Life will do some things to you that it'll, you'll get to a place. So I just want to exhort you. I want to exhort you this, this precious book we're holding our hands. God gave us something more glorious than opening up heaven, more glorious than you see in a vision. He's given you a perfectly preserved Bible so that God's word, his literal word, you have everything he wants to say to you. You have it. God, just give me something. Just get in here in this word. How many of you can attest to that? You've been so low, you didn't know if you was going to make it. And God give you something, just something out of the Bible to just stir you on. Who is he that will harm you if you be followers of that which is good? Yeah, that got me through about three weeks, brother. I got three weeks on that one verse. Isn't that that wonderful? You better trust your Bible. Where else are you going to go? Now, we got to stop, go on here just a little bit. I did find this online if you want to write it down um, in a commentary, not online, excuse me. But I thought this was good. Um, That's the five Ps. I won't give you the man that said it because I don't really endorse him. He's a Calvinist and I just don't want to. But it's as good as what he said. This is not mine. This is someone else's. The five Ps. Pause to ponder the passage, then practice it in the power of the Spirit. That's what we're talking about here. Pause to ponder what the verses are saying and then practice it in the power of the Spirit of God. It's not enough to know it, right? Okay, now we're going to finish. We'll be done with this, verse, this chapter. Uh, until the day star arises in your hearts. You know, that's what most of us need. I'm going to stop because we need to go home. But I, I do want to say this. You know what most of our churches, you know what we need? It, it's not that we need Jesus to come back. We, it, it's not some vision. It's not some dream. It's not some... It, you know, when you think back to the revivals that shut down liquor stores, even in even probably in your time, I think there's been some pretty pretty good revivals around here. I believe. Um, young people. In the past, you're what 40s somewhere in there. When I try to make it better, it makes it worse. Let's I don't. All right. Hey. It wasn't some big miraculous spectacular. It was just everyday people that took personal responsibility to get in the Word of God and apply their word, their life to the Word of God. And just just every day, day in and day out, live with a burden of their heart, applying their life to the word and continuing to do that. That's that's where real revival would take place, right? It's not in this in the spectacular. It's not in some great it's not in C T Townsend coming in and having somebody dress up like a grim reaper and doing a big play on, on the on the stage and all that bunch of trash it's just somebody not in the wisdom of their own words just preaching and teaching the word of God it getting down in your heart on a personal level and you getting under a burden to see God move that's where revival will happen just not in some great way just everyday application of the word of God that's the Christian life it's an everyday thing every day getting up and denying yourself and going every single day it'll be a battle every day of your life to live for Jesus and so stay in the Word. Now, I was going to go into some other things. I'm not going to do that. Knowing this first, we got to finish reading it. Okay. Knowing this first, no prophecy of the Scripture because I've already said it. I don't need to preach it. No prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation, right? And so uh, you take Scripture with Scripture. Scripture always agrees with itself. You don't. You don't. Um, um, this is what's so important and we won't do it. But th- this is what's important in preserving the word of God. It's the actual words of God that we won't translate it. It's the words that are important, not your opinion of their meaning, right? Most of your translations that are not King James are are translated like with this thought in mind. They take what they believe to be being said and they they, um, they give their own commentary in a language they think would be easy for you to understand, that's how most translations occur. Your King James Bible is just translated word for word. Word for word. Nobody's opinion about what they think it says. If they agree with it, it doesn't matter. It's a faithful translation of the words, right? Now, we won't go into every one of these scriptures, but I'm gonna, I'll just read them to you. And why don't you just look at them later on. Psalms 12 you see inspiration and preservation. You see the inspiration is in the words, not the ideas or their thoughts. Um, in Psalm 12 and Proverbs 30, uh, you know, every word of God pure, talking about the word of God being pure. His words are not to be added unto uh, Isaiah 59, again, talks about his words, the mouth of the seed, and his seed, seed forever. Uh, and then in Revelation, when he closes our Bible in the canon of the scripture, he says, don't add unto the words. The words are very important, right? So they're not open and private interpretation. You have the word of God. Last thing, and we're going home. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And so we'll get into this tonight. um, This is going to get a little interesting. We'll we'll be looking at, remember the fallacy of the pernicious. And um, there's a reason that he gives an emphasis moving forward upon the word of God. Because he's going to go on to say there was false teachers back then and there's false teachers now. Remember First Peter, he said, be careful of the danger that's within you and the danger that's without in the world. But then now he's going to talk about, be careful because there's dangers within the church. There'll be people creeping in unaware. And that's what he's going to start talking about uh, the false prophets. And so we got to know the Word of God. Don't you love the Bible? Amen. Amen. Aren't you glad to know, stand to your feet, aren't you glad to know that uh, uh, you've got truth that you can go to that's uh, uh, far beyond anybody's opinion or thoughts, or this is just the ultimate truth you can turn to. I hope you're using it. I hope you're taking advantage of God's gift to us as the Word of God uh, is uh, to you, a gift from the Lord uh, that you can know His words. And um, pray for our country. We certainly need prayer in our country, but don't lose heart. Because no matter what happens, Jesus remains the same forever and ever and ever and never changes. All right? Now you had just a moment. We'll give a verse if you need to come. Lord, we ask you to forgive us this morning for lots of things. Lord, we failed you in so many ways. Just, uh, Lord, help that soul that may not know you this morning that they might come to know you and having their sins washed in the blood of the lamb. I pray for those Christians that are saved, that you'd please help them to grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord. But help us all, Lord. We need revival in our churches. I am concerned about America, but I'm much more concerned about the indifference in our churches. So set our hearts afire again. Help us to get on fire again for the the Lord Jesus. Until that arises in our hearts, Lord, help us to labor to get back to you. We've left our first love, many of us, Lord. We have left off the most important thing. We have the do's and the don'ts, and we go through the motion. But in our hearts, we've drifted in our admiration and love for Jesus. So please help us with that. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Sing a verse. If you need to come, you come. We'll go home.